Welcome to It's a Good Life, the podcast for entrepreneurs, where it's all about growing yourself and your business. Here's your host, founder of America's largest business coaching company, Brian Buffini. Top of the morning to you, and welcome to today's episode, The Elimination of Doubt. You know, doubt is defined as a lack in confidence or to call into question the truth. Whether it's a feeling of not being certain or a nagging worry about yourself that just won't leave you alone. Many people struggle with not only big decisions, but also small decisions. And because of that, they lose their sense of purpose. Well, today that's going to end because I'm going to equip you with three tools that actually will reduce the doubt in your life. We're going to cover three things as we always do. First, we're going to talk about what doubt really is. Then we're going to talk about the Freddy Krueger principles. And then lastly, we're going to cover how action ultimately eliminates doubt from your life. So let's talk about what doubt really is. Zig Ziglar used to describe fear as false evidence appearing real. And that's the first dynamic of doubt. It's a fear. As human beings, you know, we have the fight or flight instinct. We know how the chemicals in our body with adrenaline and cortisol react to stress. And so we're trying to make a decision of some sort, or we're just going through life and we have these nagging fears. Oftentimes it's false evidence appearing real. And that fear is ultimately something that can paralyze us. Doubt, by definition, it's a feeling of uncertainty or a lack of conviction. Now, I will say in my history, my life has been more and more developed as I became a better decision maker. And I've had to make more and more decisions. I have to make a lot of decisions as the chairman of the board. I have to make lots of decisions as a business owner. I have to make lots of decisions as an investor. I have to make lots of decisions as a husband and father and all of the different dynamics that go on in life. There's lots and lots of decisions. You can make quick, good decisions, but you can't make quick, poorly informed decisions. You also cannot make good decisions when you are coming from an emotional perspective first. So if fear is leading your decision-making process, you're going to get fearful decisions. And fearful decisions are often ones we regret. So this doubt appears from fear. Psychology Today said 85% of people suffer from self-doubt. And I guess the other 15% might be faking it. It's built into our systems for a reason. The fight or flight is a healthy response when we're in danger. And so it has all kinds of benefits. But fear in and of itself is challenging. Franklin D. Roosevelt, right, during World War II, the famous quote, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. You know, when he was trying to reassure people, like, hang on a second, we're going to be okay. It doesn't look good. A war has just broken out. There's going to be a lot of difficult times here. But the only thing we have to fear is fear. Because fear could do real damage. As a country, we're going to be okay. Eric Hoffer, as an author, said, It is our talents rusting unused within us that secrete the poison of self-doubt into our bloodstream. And that's something I think is very powerful because many times, well, I've asked many times in a seminar, how many of you in here feel like you have some untapped potential and everybody in the room will raise their hands. And it's like, yeah, it's a nice feeling to know I have untapped potential and I could grow. We rarely think of the consequences of it. And when Hoffer talks about that this talent rusting inside us secretes the poison of self-doubt, 
That's bad news. And so we don't want to be in that spot. According to Honoré de Blasic, when you doubt your power, you give power to your doubt. Powerful stuff. So we don't want to do that. We don't want to feed the fear. We don't want to feed the doubt. We just have to know what it is and recognize it as such. You know, it's okay. You know, courage is not the absence of fear. It's the action taken in the midst of fear. So when you have self-doubt, it's usually, I'm afraid of making a mistake. I'm afraid of moving forward. So the indecision becomes considered the safe place. Well, you're as likely to get into trouble by not making a decision as you are by making a decision. So we need to understand, okay, the first thing that's happening with this doubt and self-doubt is fear. The second thing itself is indecision. And this is waiting for every last piece of info only to make a decision. Now, we've talked with Rachel Yeaman about motivators and facilitators. And I had a lady work for me. She was a wonderful lady, very, very nice person. She's very facilitative. And she was working with a couple that had been referred to me as part of my practice. She was showing them houses and taking them around in a pretty good-sized home they were buying in La Jolla, and they were looking around. And they were six months working with this agent. And um, they eventually called me up and said, Brian, we just don't think it's working out. We know we're good friends, you're your friend, and we've been referred to you. And so I kind of said, well, look, let's get together. Let's get together. And I, and I drove over to see them. We went and had a coffee. And that afternoon, I actually took them back to see a house that the buyer's agent had taken them to twice. And I walked into the house with them, and there was this one big hang-up they had in this kitchen. And I said, well, you know, have you considered some other options here? We can do this, and we can do this, and we can do this, and this this will cost this amount. The truth of the matter is they were just fearful of making a poor decision. They were afraid of making a mistake when they realized there was a couple of other options, and there were, it was pretty simple, by the way. They ended up buying the house that they saw months before. Now, thankfully, the market was slow, but there was an awful lot of frustration. My buyer's agent didn't know that she lost that client and their future referrals and their future endorsement by being nice, by actually feeding their indecision. They were just afraid of making a mistake. And they just needed to be know, hey, this is a good decision. There's a reason you guys like this place. And the one hang-up you have, well, here's some solutions to think about it a little bit differently. And the next thing you know, not only are they purchasing that home, but they became great advocates back again for me. And they would say, now, don't work with Brian's team. You need to work with Brian personally. That's how they would refer me. This really lovely lady who was being really careful and really facilitative, not only lost them as a client, lost their endorsement. Indecision. Indecision. When people are being indecisive, facilitating their indecision is not of help. Many studies suggest that people who stay in a state of inaction over decisions are more likely to feel regret than those who make a decision. So we don't want to have that. And that's that's my thing. And that was the conversation I had with the buyers of that particular home, which was, you know, I don't want you to regret this. I think you really like this home. You love the neighborhood. You like everything about it. All the things you're telling me. And all we got to do is fix the lighting in, in your kitchen and you're good to go. Let's move forward. We have to make sure that indecision is not fed. Cicero, talking about it a couple thousand years ago, said indecision is the thief of opportunity. It will steal you blind. George Canning, who was a former prime minister in England, said indecision and delays are the parents of failure. So we have fear. We have indecision. And then the third ingredient in the doubt soup, if you will, is unbelief. Doubt is essentially the opposite of faith. And, you know, you have to have faith. You know, not just a faith in God, which is very helpful, but a faith in self, 
a faith in others. One of the challenges that people have moving forward is if you're consuming a lot of negative news and negative programming, boy, it's hard to believe that the market's good or that the economy's good or that people should make a decision. I'm just going to wait. And, you know, the markets in the world is full of people who said, oh, 20 years ago, I could have had that piece of real estate for half a million dollars, and now it's $5 million. Or I could have bought Tesla stock, you know, back when it first came out, but I just didn't. The world is full of those people. We have to have this sense of belief. We have to understand it. In the Gospel of Matthew, it says, if you have faith, you'll receive whatever you pray for. How about that? Paulo Coelho, who wrote The Alchemist, one of the best-selling personal growth fables of all time, says, you are what you believe yourself to be. The great Martin Luther King said, faith is taking the first step, even when you don't see the whole staircase. And so we actually did this episode 97 in season two of developing your self-belief. And I'd highly recommend you check in on that particular episode. It's a big deal. Doubt is fear, it's indecision, it's unbelief. And one of the things I'd encourage you in as you think right now is who else believes in you? Obviously, you need to believe in you. But all people have doubt, right? We've all made mistakes. We all have shortcomings. My friend Bob Bodine says we're all a half cup short. That's why we need other people in our lives. So we all have those doubts. But who else believes in you? You know, I always have my mom at the end of this podcast. You can do it, Briny. That was what she said to me my whole life. It fed into a sense of belief and belief eliminated the doubt. My bride has always believed in me. My brother Dermot, who's the CEO of the company, has a tremendous belief in me, and I have a tremendous belief in him. And together, we've built this hugely successful organization based on the foundation of belief. It didn't mean we didn't have doubt. It's about reducing doubt. It's about being conscious of the doubt, whether it's fear, whether it's indecision, and then ultimately having the courage to make the right decision. My staff believe in me, and I believe in them. Our clients, we have a huge community of clients. We believe in them, they believe in us. The coaches, you know, one of the most amazing parts of coaching that I've never talked about is a coach who someone believes in you because they spend the time. We, we use in our coaching program the real strengths profile. We know where your strengths are. We understand your history, what you've done well in the past. And then the coach comes alongside you and gets to really see what your strengths are. And having a coach that believes in you is a big deal because we all need people to believe in us, so we will believe in us. And that's one of the most powerful unspoken things that ever take place in coaching. And so the next thing you know, the person pushes through it, gets over the hump, and then gets the confidence of that particular, whether it's a challenge or decision that had to be made. And so definitely, and again, I, I mention it all the time, these free business consultations we offer. If you're listening to this, if you own a small business, you should go on itsagoodlife.com and see if it's a fit for you. Go and have a, a consultation with one of our staff. They're brilliant people. And that alone will be a a beneficial time in your life, you know, and in your business. So what doubt really is, it's fear, false evidence appearing real, it's indecision, and it's unbelief. I check out that Developing Yourself Belief, episode 97. I think that'll be very beneficial for you. So now I want to talk about the solution side of things, which is the mindset piece, which is the Freddy Krueger principles. Now, I'm not much of a horror movie guy. But you don't have to be uh, really into the horror movies to know who Freddy Krueger is. He's the guy with the bad hat and the ugly face and a really scary hand. And there's always this one image I've had of Freddy Krueger where he's finally dead and buried. He's in the grave. And you see this 
Freddy Krueger hand at the end of the movie coming through the dirt in the grave. I was like, can you ever kill this guy? Can you ever put him down? And I've talked about this before. You know, that's a mindset you got to have when you own a business. Market's bad. Interest rates are high. News is negative. All kinds of stuff like that. You got to have that Freddy Krueger mindset. And I've demonstrated it throughout my life. And it's not blind confidence, but it's, it's just, you know, it's like, okay, it's strapped on. Like, it, this is, I know what I'm doing. I believe in what I'm doing, and I'm going to pursue it to the end, no matter what. We're going to be hard to kill. The great Walter Payton, a Hall of Fame football player, his coach used to tell him, you know, finish off your runs. Be hard to kill. Be hard to stop. And, and that's the key. Not easy. And I just see so many people today just give up. The first sign of trouble, the first difficulty, the first challenges, they just give up. And I just see this all the time. It's you got to have that mindset. A great example would be going into the Great Recession of 2007, which lasted in the real estate space from 2007 till 2011-12. We were the largest coaching company. We had 400 employees. And when we went into that, we had a lot of knockoff organizations like we do today. We had 27 coaching businesses just in the real estate space at the time. And when this thing came down, like it was devastating. And not only was there a worldwide economic meltdown, but it was centered in real estate. And as the center of real estate, and and we only focused on the real estate industry 15 years ago, boy, we were at the center of the storm. And yeah, we had to lay off a lot of staff. And yes, I had to sell a bunch of assets. And yes, it was very difficult. And yes, it was sleepless nights. And yes, there were little doubts that crept in and so on and so forth. But for me, my mindset was, we're going to be like Freddy Krueger. And they're going to keep throwing dirt in our face. We're going to keep coming up out of the grave. Like, there was no quit in our mindset. There was just no quit. And because of that, when we came out the other side, all of our competitors were gone. We were kind of last person standing. And because of that, we were able to rebuild our organization, rebuild our product line, learned a lot from it, and then build a dominant position in the market share. And that set up the foundation, not only become the largest coaching company in real estate and lending, but now to branch out beyond. And now we have all these small business owners in all these other industries beyond real estate. It was that Freddy Krueger mindset. And I would just say, you know, when you have that, whether it's the big decisions, whether the small decisions, it's just like, hey, yeah, I'm not going down easy. And so here's a couple of thoughts when you think about the Freddy Krueger principles. First of all, find the source. Find the source. M. Scott Peck, who wrote The Road Less Traveled, said self-examination is the key to insight, which is the key to wisdom. Socrates said the unexamined life is not worth living. A Spanish author, Balthazar Gracian, said self-reflection is the school of wisdom. So when you go through these tough times, you have these challenges, you have these setbacks, you make these mistakes, maybe you make a poor decision, it's not the end of the world. It's find the source. And you got to do some reflection. Where was I? What went into the decision? Not, I'm not going to do anything like that again. Ogmandino used to say, you know about the cat that jumped on a hot stove. He never jumped on a hot stove again but he never jumped on a cold one either. Everyone in life is going to make a decision that they regret. The goal is to just not make them cataclysmic decisions. And so you're going to make some decisions. Some of them are going to be better than others. You get a chance to reflect and learn from them all. So you want to find that source. The second thing you want to find is learn your triggers. You know, what what sets off your self-doubt? What really creates the chain of events that goes from a thought to an idea to a statement, to the rotisserizing in your mind of doubt upon doubt upon doubt upon doubt. 
You're not. You won't. It's not going to work out. You always. That stuff. So we have to find out what the triggers are. And the definition of a trigger is to cause an intense and usually negative emotional reaction. So the first thing is, okay, I am triggered right now. Why am I triggered? The second thing is we have to understand where we're going with these triggers, right? So Neil Gaiman said, we each have our triggers, things that wait for us in the dark. A wonderful anonymous quote says, your triggers are your teachers. And it can be. Like, okay, I'm triggered right now. So my emotions are on high. Guess what? I go right back to the fear. No, I need to find the source. Okay, I'm triggered right now. Why? And then ultimately, the third part of this Freddy Krueger piece is to find your motivation. Okay? Which is ultimately the opposite of a trigger is finding your true north motivation. What is it that is going to be, you know, your decision that you're going to say, I'm going to be comfortable with this no matter what? I remember uh, one of my kids' favorite movies when they were growing up was Remember the Titans. And it was a true story of this school called T.C. Williams, one of the first integrated schools in Virginia. And they had this football team. And of course, they were going through the challenges of the initial integration of schools and busing and all this kind of stuff. And you had black kids and white kids trying to get along in a community where blacks and whites weren't getting along. And it was just this hotbed issue. And so the team faced lots of problems and lots of difficulties and referees that weren't treating them fairly and all these kinds of things. And at one stage in the game, kind of everything's in doubt. The outcome's in doubt. The circumstances are in doubt. And the white coach, who used to be the head coach who was asked to be the assistant coach, comes to the black head coach. And he says, Herman, leave no doubt. Leave no doubt. Which meant, we're going all in. We're going to win this game. I don't care what the criticism's going to be. I don't care what backlash I face. I don't care what else is going on. Leave no doubt. And a true story, T.C. Williams had this undefeated season, one of the best teams in the history of high school sports. But leave no doubt. That's where the motivation is. The motivation for that guy is, okay, I have all these negative people coming at me. I have all these circumstances coming at me. I have all this racial tension coming at me. Hang on a second here. I'm a coach. I want to coach these young men. I want to win championships with them. I want to do our very best. Forget everything else. And you go back to your true north. Like, what am I actually about? And what am I trying to achieve? So when you find your motivation, you overcome those triggers, and that becomes the source of your motivation as opposed to the source of your doubt. Now you're Freddy Krueger. You're unstoppable. Vincent van Gogh said, if you hear a voice within you say, you can't paint, then by all means paint, and that voice will be silenced. Dr. Ruplin, who's an author, said, turn the mental blocks into building blocks. The great Kobe Bryant said, we all have self-doubt. You don't deny it, but you also don't capitulate to it. You embrace it. Find the source, learn your triggers, find your motivation. Lastly, action eliminates doubt. When in doubt, act. Fire, ready, aim is a phrase. A good friend of mine named Sam Elsey always gave me this word, fire, ready, aim. Now, I don't believe you should fire, ready, aim when it comes to strategic decisions, the big decisions, getting married, you know, those kinds of things. The big giant decisions, it shouldn't be fire, ready, aim. But most people just aim and aim and aim. And then what happens is they become comfortable. I need more research. I need more information. And what happens is then the procrastination kicks in. Then the fear kicks in. Then the decisions become harder and harder and harder. Sometimes it's just fire, ready, aim. Sometimes you get bad number from the doctor. Go. Don't overthink it. You have a bad sales quarter. Okay, fire, ready, aim. Go. 
you know, something needs action, fire ready aim. Action eliminates doubt. It actually makes the doubt get smaller and smaller and smaller in your mind. You're replacing it with action. And action produces results, and the results produce confidence. The second thing is make it massive. You know, don't just take small action. Take big action. David Lloyd George said, don't be afraid to take a big step. You can't cross a chasm in two small jumps. Sometimes, like, you're going to make a decision. You're going to go all in. Go for it. Now, you think about it if it's a big one. You do your homework. You do your strategy. But then you got to go. Then you got to go, and you got to live with it. Like, okay, this was the best decision I could make. I have a coach. I have counselors. I have consultants. I have people I trust. I have friends. I have synergy partners. Whoever it is, you reach out, you talk, you wrestle things through, you're open to feedback, and then it's just go time. Make it massive. Aristotle Onassis said, to be successful, you must act big, think big, talk big. Go big or go home, right? That's the sports phrase, right? So it's okay. Fire ready aim. That action eliminates doubt. Make it massive. Boy, now you're too busy doing to doubt. That's a good thing. And then lastly, make it better. Don't forget, we have an ebook for you. Now, the staff's done a nice job of kind of condensing this book, which was a huge seller, down into a real small, quick e-learning piece. Just we have that for you on It's a Good Life. Go get it. Because one of the things in that book it talks about in business how first you put it in place, then you make it better. So you can make a decision. It doesn't mean it's permanent. It doesn't mean that's it forever. You make it better. I made a decision to start doing seminars. February 14th, St. Valentine's Day, 1996, was our first ever event. I took massive action. I put this thing in place. I didn't really know what I was doing. Our team wasn't sure what they were doing. We had ideas. We had concepts. You know what? People enjoyed it. People thought it was great. Now, compared to the events we put on today, the events we put on today are like nothing else. Okay, we put on events like our Mastermind Conference, second to none. People go to our events and they go, there's just nothing like these things. Well, here's the thing. We've made them better over time. And now they're world-class, and world-class experiences. We've been doing it for 27 years. So we took the action. We took the risk. We eliminated the doubt. And today, there is zero doubt in my life or in my staff's minds or our clients' and attendees' minds that these things are going to be awesome. There's no doubt at all. And we had doubt at the beginning. We fire-ready aimed. We took massive action. And then we made it better. Mark Twain said, Continuous improvement is better than delayed perfection. Brian Tracy, good friend, said, Excellence is not a destination. It is a continuous journey that never ends. The worst enemy to creativity is self-doubt, according to Sylvia Plath, and I agree. So we've talked about it. You know, you fire, ready, aim, you make it massive, you make it better. So today we talked about what doubt really is. We talked about that Freddy Krueger. No matter what, the hands coming up out of the dirt, I'm not going away. I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to fight to the end. And then we talked about taking action. And action ultimately eliminates doubt. You know, to all of you out there that own a small business, you need to know that I hold you in the highest regard. You've had the chops to get into business for yourself, bet on yourself, believe in yourself, believe in your product and services, believe that the market is what you think it is, and that you're willing to bet on yourself and go for it. And you're my kind of people. It's why I came to America. It's why I've been a a serial entrepreneur my whole life. I hope this today helps you. I hope it helps you in your business. I hope it helps you in your life. As a small business owner, we don't want to be small-minded. We want to be open to these things. We want to learn. We want to grow. Because if we can grow ourselves, we can grow our business. So hopefully it's been helpful for you today. Hopefully this will reduce the doubt in your life or helps you with a decision you got to make. 
and somebody who's been helping me for a long time, and I have no doubt about it, Mr. David Lally has a few cool things to share with you and some resources on where you can get them. Thanks, Brian. Too kind and fantastic content, as always. One thing I've no doubt about is that our business coaches really help our clients go from doubters to doers. I'm 20 years here working for you, watching uh, miraculous transformations happen. So maybe it's time for you listeners to get a coach. Certainly can't hurt to go check it out. You can get a free business consultation at our website. It's a goodlife.com. And while you're there, get your copy of the ebook that Brian mentioned today. Keep leaving the reviews. We love hearing from you. I'll be reading out a few in the weeks to come. And in the meantime, here's Brian's mum to send us home. May the road rise up to meet you. And may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields and the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time.